Gonzaga Nation SI here at the Tough Luck Bar in North Portland during the first round of the NCAA tournament. Have a chance to sit down with a couple very interesting and unique guests. It's taken a while for us to calm down and get in position to have a conversation about one of the things that makes Gonzaga basketball, Gonzaga University so unique, so special, and that is the Kennel Club. These guys sitting around me here today are the OGs of the Kennel Club. We're going to just get right into it. They'll introduce themselves, tell us where they're originally from, maybe the major that they had while they were at Gonzaga besides being a part of the Kennel Club. So we'll get started on the right-hand side of the table. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. Uh, I, I was the first Kennel Club president in uh, 1985, 86? What's your name? Oh, Pua Finn. Yeah. <laughs> good call. Good call. And, you know, my major was biology, which None of these guys could spell, so <laughs> I'll turn it to you, Maddie. Chris, Magic Man began. Uh, I was a marketing major, baseball team player, and one of the founding members of the Kennel Club. And Greg Bowie, I graduated in 1988 with a degree in TV broadcasting. Not a baseball player, but uh, loved the game of basketball, and was always a part of this team and this friendship, so great to be here today. Um, Jeff Zenier, people call me Z, uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, Spokane, Spokane. Now Spokane, did the move less than a year ago. Uh, baseball, 83 to 88, and um, marketing major. And guys, we're sitting here, uh, first round of the NCAA tournament, 23 straight years now for Gonzaga basketball in the NCAA tournament. Uh, There's a couple guys that weren't able to make it. If Gonzaga makes it to their third Final Four, I'm sure they will be a partaking in festivities down there. Maybe we get a chance to, to reconvene and do part two of a sit down with the Kennel Club. But who are a couple of the kind of integral guys for that first group of Kennel Club that weren't able to be here today? Yeah, see, I mean. Uh, definitely Mike Shields, uh, Bob Twist, Joe Roberts, who you mentioned, Chris, came up with the actual name Kennel Club. It was a little round table in someone's living room. And that one out. Um, Sean Hogan. Sean Hogan, yeah. Mike Easter. A lot of them, yeah, they were kind of like the grad students when we kind of first started. So they kind of had their own little group. We were our little group, and then someone just said, guys, let's. Yeah, they, these were the seniors. They're, they're the yeah. ones that yeah. set the tone yeah. for not only what happened back then, but, but what exists today. I mean, that, that's. They were the energy, they were the vision, they, they are the ones who inspired all of us. And originally it started, I mean, because I think Shieldsy had to pay for his rent, and he needed That's to right. sell shirts, and he needed right. to have That's a party, exactly so, true. so he would have, you know, he yeah. throw a party, and it was five dollars to get in, all you could drink, and that's how he paid his rent every year. I don't think I ever. That's impressive. Yeah. Business, businessman at an early age. So I want to go back to the, the, the coming up with the name Kennel Club. What were some of the other options? Because Kennel Club is obviously stuck. Dog House, Dog Pound. Uh, yeah, anything, anything around, obviously around the dog thing. I don't remember all of them, but I don't know. Yeah, it's stuck and it sure worked, obviously. But yeah, so. Good job, Joe. I think we had about seven of them, and Mike Harrington had a couple too. Uh, but it was, you know, sitting around, having a beer, throwing out names, and the kennel club went out. You know, and part of this, I think, you know, they can go to the book. Plug, you know, cheap plug on the book right now. We, you know, are, we are GU, written by Shilji and uh, Aaron Hill. Elvis. Yes, Aaron Hill, he was a 
connected with the basketball program when I was there. He was a manager with the team, so he's he knows the ins and outs of the program. He knows the ins and outs of the kennel club and how kind of those stories are woven together well. But there's a lot of uh, background that's known that many of you guys were former baseball players or athletes at GU that wanted great seats at the game and wanted to be supportive of your fellow student athlete friends. Uh, what was the whole thought behind getting just the same section in front day after day after day? I want to say, didn't they end up whooping, whooping the section off? Yeah, in fact, uh, Bowie, Bowie likes to Bowie uh, likes do the police story. Well, I, the, the part of it was, I think that's amazing is today, it, it takes several days to get your ticket and get in line. Back then, we show up two minutes before tip-off and sit front row. And then as, as 20 turned into 50, turned into 100 students, then all of a sudden, we'd show up for the game, we'd be like, oh, wait, where are our seats? Hold on, how we, we need it. So we got some police tape, and we said, no, 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 these are our sections. So now, can you imagine the other folks commenting? And kind of, yeah. what, what, what's up with the tape? It was for the 50 yeah. students who were really into it, the Shields and the seniors and well, everybody Ken, else. Kennel Club members, we that was had it. to have our shirt on. Yeah, right? the first shirts were Well, that's what got you into the party. You had to you had your shirt on. You had to so, so the original Kennel Club, you had to become a member, and that was by yeah. buying a t-shirt and going to and a party. And Shields' rent. And paying his rent. True story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So 20 bucks for a shirt, yeah. gets you membership, gets you a t-shirt, pays for his rent, yeah. gets you into the taped off, policed off yeah. section of games. Yeah. Well, and it all had to do with uh, Dan Fitzgerald, right? And Joe Hillock and Jay Hillock. I mean, we used to go, I, I'd meet with Joe at the game. He'd say, hey, do what you guys do. All of a sudden, we'd show up with a keg at either Shields House or the baseball house, and some of us were, you know, underage, and some of us were <laughs> of age. But we still had a great time. Got prepared for the basketball game, so that when we got there, we were ready to go. That was the best part. The coaching staff, you know, both both basketball and baseball, were folks who were like, "Hey, we got we got something here." And it was great that they were so supportive of it as well. Yeah. Whether it's helping us buy a keg or just making sure we all showed up together, right? Because because that was the, her team was big on that. That was the other thing. We, we had, like, we had yeah. multiple sections. No, he wasn't. He was spending, sure you got it. No, he wasn't pushing the beer part. He was no, just, he was he's pushing the camaraderie. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned earlier. Fellow athletes, he's like, guys, these, these guys are you yeah. too. I want you guys to get together. What you do, get together in the front row and you know, help these guys yeah, out. Make you look proud. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best the hurts and kind of impressions yeah. I've heard in quite some time. Hey guys, don't embarrass me. Yeah. So yeah. With, with with getting the keg there, I've heard multiple stories, and you guys can kind of tell the truth. Would Fitzgerald kind of pass some money to you guys? Was there an open tab at Jack and Dan's <laughs> that you guys would just know um, the keg would automatically be yes. put and on that tab? You know, as someone who works for the university right, currently right now, there were no NCAA violations whatsoever. That's right. So, but <laughs> Good you, point. However, however, <laughs> some of us would go see Dan Fitzgerald on game day, which I always love telling the story. Can you imagine going to see Coach today on game day. <laughs> coach Bill, <laughs> going, hey, hey, coach, good to see you. But Fitzy loved the spirit and the energy, oh, no. and he knew he, we had, he, he knew we had something. Yep. And it was forty dollars, 
for a keg. And we go see Jack Stockton, and Jack was the best. Oh. And then Jack would say, hey, I need another $20 for a, for a deposit. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing, right? Right. But, it, but, Starting but, but the fact that Jack was always there, because Jack knew we had something going too, yes. obviously. And John obviously was playing, you know, and, and moving on and playing for Utah. But Jack loved the spirit. And so it was fit supporting us, getting to Jack, and then getting a bunch of students together to have some fun pregame. Yeah. So it sounds like it was absolutely supported by the athletic department coaches, not specifically the athletic department. Correct. It wasn't supported by the school itself. That's changed quite a bit in recent years. Yes. And I'm sure we'll touch on that as yeah. the conversation goes sure. on, but uh, was there any pushback from administration once you guys got a little bit bigger and maybe a little bit rowdier? Uh, yeah, there was. I mean, and part of it was, uh, you know, like you said, it, it did. It started to get too well. It started getting bigger, larger, and people were actually coming to games. I think not even to watch basketball, just to watch this guy <laughs> flop around on the court out there. Uh, but it was, and, and that's exactly why I got became the first president. It's because they said, "Hey, you're going to become a club at the university now, and so you have to have a president. You have to have a secretary." So we're at one of the pregame things, and someone goes, "Hey, who wants to be president?" And I didn't raise my hand. Someone just said Finn. <laughs> so that's how it came. That's why it became a club because we were getting, you know, we were getting too big, and they needed to control us a little bit. So as the first Kennel Club president, and I see your shirt, Kennel Club co-founder on, on the. Well, the it wasn't really co-founder. That's these guys. Well, they got it. They got KCOGs yeah. yeah. on the back of their shirt here. But you guys use it, wear that with a lot of pride. Oh, absolutely. But your responsibilities as the first president. What were those responsibilities? Make sure the keg was there on time, make sure if the police tape was on time in a big yes. enough section for us. What were the responsibilities? At, at, at that time, two criteria, and again, I was not working for the university at the time, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, was I had to be able to carry a keg and I had to be able to tap it. That was it, okay. the president. So I had to make sure it got there. So I carried it there and I tapped it, and that was it. And that was all the responsibility I had. Was it, did that maybe discredit a few Kennel Club members not being able to carry and or the experience to tap the keg? <laughs> yeah, we had a few guys who could carry it. We, we didn't discriminate <laughs> though, right, <laughs> Yeah. Is it safe to say the job description might have evolved? Oh, it's time? changed dramatically. I mean, right now, it's, yeah. They, I mean, they have a, I don't know board, what the budget yeah, is, they but they have a, you know, they have a huge budget, they have a board, and, uh, Oh, yeah, and everything is with a lot of different. what I do with Gonzaga Nation SI. Each week, I interview a member of the Kennel Club, and so I've gotten to talk with a number of them throughout the year. And they've got executive board positions, they've got class reps, and they've got over a thousand members. Yes, it's the largest club on campus. It, it's amazing. And you guys started in the mid '80s. Think what this is. Almost 40 years later, you go from 50-ish members to well over a thousand. I mean, yeah. how much pride do you guys have in, in starting something that's been so impactful, long-lasting, but it's also known across the country? I, I promised myself I wasn't going to get emotional on this, but <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty fabulous. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to watch what it was to where it is now. Well, we've kept that thread, too. There's a couple times I, um, I've been invited to come back. I think it was yeah. 10 oh, yeah. 12 years right. ago, and we go to the president's event house have a little three-on-three -three basketball game in the alley with their hoop and you know 
So competition between former kennel clubbers, but again, the thread I think is there. The thing and I love, the, human, I, yeah, so the that's thing I love the most is talking to current students. And once they find out I was a member of the original kennel club, then they just dive in with questions. Right. I mean, yeah. it is awesome. They're, Can we get a picture? How did you do this? How did you yeah. start that? And I tell them, well, we're the ones who started the tunnel for the players to run out. It blows their mind. They're like, wait, what? Yeah. You, you guys are the ones that started that? Which, you know, 40 years later, yeah. continues to this day. Sure. Well, I think the, awesome. the tunnel for a, for a former player like myself, like, that was always the coolest thing when you were part of the starting lineup. You're sitting there, yeah. and the other team's done with their introductions, and then you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the stand's just empty. And they beeline to the to the to form the tunnel. Yeah, it's got to and and you get the goosebumps, and you get ready to go. Yeah. That I I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure Gonzaga is the only school in the country that allows students on the floor pre-game like yeah. that. You know, I'm it, glad they kept that too. Well, it before it was the entire kennel club. We were all doing that. Yes. Now it's just the front row. They yeah, only right. allow. So now, like first, yeah, fifty right. people, right? Yeah. Front row. That's it. You know. I remember the first time we did that, Santa Clara, Coach Carol Williams' last game, and I can't recall. Maybe you guys remember who who decided we were going to do that. I remember though, we told the players we were going to do it, yep. and we were great friends with the basketball team, obviously. And we stormed the court, and I remember going back to our seats and looking at the administration, and they were freaking out. They're like, "What? The students are on the court pregame. You're, you're supposed to do that after the game." Yeah. And the fact that they've carried that tradition to this awesome. day, to your point, I mean that—that's super special. So I love seeing those historical moments that we created that continue to this day, which is which makes the kennel club special. Well, the kennel club always seemed to toe the line from when I was there play or shortly thereafter at the old uh, the Martin Center which today to this day I still feel is louder than McCarthy. McCarthy is one of the greatest oh, environments in the country but there was nothing like the Martin Center. When I read Mike Shields book We Are GU when I've heard stories from other you guys seen pictures you guys would even go onto the floor during a game. I believe it might have been a picture of you on the court standing next to an official Kind of helping him, showing him some glasses, asking him if he wanted to borrow a pair. And, and then I would join him at Jack and Dan's after <laughs> for a beer, if he got the calls right. Because obviously they weren't doing a good job. So one of our guys on the baseball team, Tommy Bennett, came up with uh, the little paper bags. They were white with black stripes, with a big circle and a slash through it. When the refs would make a bad call, we'd all put our, our uh, bags on our head and imagine the fans having all those today if they did I mean, the rest would go nuts. And yesterday, probably, we, we could have had a couple of those moments because the rest sucked. But, sorry about that, right? But it was, it, it was, it was fun, right? And, and we could go out onto the court, unlike today, where you probably get kicked out of the game, maybe even arrested for going on the sure. court and oh, yeah. talking to the refs and just offering your two yeah. cents. You know, we, we obviously had a great time and we were allowed to do that back in the day and it was fun. Like Bob said, it's like great to see people out there cheering us on and doing everything that we could to, to disrupt the energy of the game if it wasn't going our way. You know, yelling at the other players. And that was the, that's a good segment because that was more kind of back then what we were about. We were about finding someone, getting in their head, player by player, 
You know, we didn't have a lot of organized chiefs. Well, you didn't yeah. have the internet, you have so the you didn't know who was doing you what. Right. Doing yeah. what. It depended on we didn't have organized, you know, chance. So we're just like, we're, we're picking on this guy right here. Yeah. He's got a terrible, terrible hairdo, or he read something about him. Oh, he got in trouble in the dorm. So that's how we did our we Maybe did even got arrested. arrested. So that's, I mean, because Gonzaga's got one of the best, obviously, environments. Oh. But it's time, like when zombie nations happen, when this Correct. is going to happen. Correct. You guys were just organic. Like you saw something, you went for it. Yep. But you also had to do your background, your research beforehand, because there was no Google, there was no internet. How did you guys find out, like, any background on guys, and then how did you share it amongst each other to get ready for a game? We'd get someone, we'd get, we'd get a scouting report. Scout reports. We'd get a piece of Would the coaches help with that in any way? That so not, I don't work. I'm sure they were. I'm sure. Sure. But we had a printed scouting report that said, okay, this person's failing. Uh, this person did so did whatever they did. You know, this person got arrested. Or just whatever. broke up with a girlfriend just, or something like that. I mean, that, literally, it was bullet, like 10 bullet points. But we had, we had friends who lived in LA, and yeah. we, we would call them and say, hey, what, what, what are you hearing in the local paper? What's the word? <laughs> What's happening? Which, to your point, you, there was no Google. So when we had that intel, part of the pregame, the prep, and the scouting report, I remember at, at, the, at the house, at the baseball house, we passed out that piece of paper. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, here's. Here's the, like here's, here's the hit list, right? Yeah. Yeah. here's your scouting report. With opposing coaches coming into the kennel now, you know, they prepare their team to have to deal with the energy, the noise, the excitement of the kennel club and, and McCarthy itself. And they, and they show a lot of respect for, for the kennel. What was it like from opposing coaches when they would walk in and see you guys as a new, newly formed group that was just off the walls with energy, excitement, maybe saying some unacceptable things along the way to their players. I, I, I got two stories I'd like to share. Yeah. So the first story was, you know, Joe and Jake Hillock were coaches of Gonzaga University and, and actually still friends of ours. I mean, they were great guys. But when uh, Jay went down and ended up coaching a, an opponent, we ended up dressing like him on his first day back. There was three of us, myself, John Weber, Tim O'Neill, and we went out and got brown polyester pants at the thrift store, uh, thrift store, along with our uh, yellow uh, button-down shirt, which is what he wore at every game, and we and, and a tie, and we ended up uh, dressing like him. And of course, we went down to our knees because Jay was short. No, sorry, <laughs> but but it was so much fun and, and uh, we ended up getting on the front of the spokesman review that next day after we beat him uh, imitating Jay Hillock for a welcome back and then the second thing I wanted to share was uh, when coach uh, Gourjean came to the to the kennel uh, we welcomed him I found out that he had a toupee and so and coach Gourjean was which opponent? Uh, uh, Loyola and Loyola was actually a pretty good team back then yeah. they had Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball uh, Keith Smith, uh, and that day we ended up beating them. Stockton went off, and what was crazy about it was knowing that he had a toupee, we got a chant going, you know, ran out to the middle of the court, give me a T, T, give me an O, O, give me a U, spelled out toupee, who's got it? Coach! And Coach looked over at us and was just fired up like pointing at us, ready to come out and attack us. And after the game, he came running over to us as we stormed the court because we won. And 
he just goes, we need you guys down at Loyola. We're going to pay you to come fly down and teach our kids what to do. You guys, say, you guys take him up on that offer? No. Yeah. <laughs> but he was fired up. I was so stoked. Couldn't believe how much energy we had, even though it was a small amount, but the gym got crazy because we made it that way. And that was part of the original kind of how about you guys? Do you have any other stories as far as respect from opposing coaches that, that they came over and appreciated the atmosphere that you provided? Because any competitor wants to be in an environment like what the kennel provides. Yeah, you know, in, in my position with the university, it's I've been asked numerous times by other school, by other alumni directors within the school, not WCC, you know, how do you guys, how do you get that going? How do you start it? And I, like I said, it was organic, so and it just kept and it held. But I mean, I've had probably three of the schools say, "We need your blueprint on how to do this." And of course, I you know I, I gave, I shared it with them. Yeah. I go, "Well, first of all, you need to provide some incentive, which might be a K, you know, <laughs> or something." But we don't do well, that. Well, today maybe yeah. white claw or true. Yeah. 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 I mean, think about though. I mean, it starts with people, though. I mean, right. you know, for the for the Mike Shields and the rest of the group to get that thing started, it started with people. So I think that's why it's hard to replicate with other schools, right? It's it's one thing to say we want to do it, but if you if you don't have the right folks to get it going, well, and the relationship and the culture. I mean, yeah. It, it, and yeah. at the time when it was started, it was you know. The, you know, the baseball team or other, I mean, they were right. just, we had to go to the basketball games. Yeah. You know, they said, we're going to support them. And they supported us. And so I don't know if they have that in other places. Where well, hey, plus, plus it's Spokane. So, yeah. I mean, so There's to not be clear, there. what else are you yeah. doing on a Thursday night? And, and Dan, I do want to give a plug to you just mentioned. They supported us. You know, yeah. they, they, would, they would back in the pickup truck in left field. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and Adrian was, would sit in the back of the pickup. They, you know, they, again, yeah. maybe something libations involved, and they yeah. would they would do the rags on the other team just like we did. So that Tommy, was cool. Tommy Clay's truck. Truck, yeah. And they had the keg out there, and then they'd come out on the left field, and they would do the wave. It was and a basketball was, team. Yeah, yes. supporting well, yes. and, and all the supporting yeah. kennel yeah. club okay. people like yeah. Lou right. out there. Yeah. I got pictures of you. Like who who does a wave? In the in between in the seventh game. inning, you know, between <laughs> the top and the field. bottom of the seventh. That's, that's, that's the seventh inning stretch. No, it was the seventh inning wave in left field. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. It was. So I talked to the part of the wave because obviously you guys supported him and his career. That was our freshman year. '83 we left, but I don't. I think this. No, John. John, I think John, was busy. He was busy. Give right. talk somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. But, uh, but yeah, it was. It was a good group. Good core. So with the fact that you guys are, are building this, the excitement you're getting recognition now from outside coaches and other programs. At what point did the school? say we're 100% on board supporting you because they could have easily taken that yeah. police tape, moved right. it up off the court where you yes. didn't have access yeah, to the right. officials right. ears. Right. They built the McCarthy Athletic Center where they kept the students right. as well, close they, to possible. Which a lot of schools don't do that. Yeah, yeah. at what point did, the, I, did you guys think the yeah. university realized they had something? You know, I think it was probably mid to late 80s. Um, yeah, 87, 88 when we officially became a club and then they had a little more control. But then they started tightening down, because, I mean, granted, we were a little out of control in the, in the 80s. Never. Yeah. And, you know, and, but then it came in the 90s, and all of a sudden now we were becoming a group that was very visible, you know, and so we had to kind of tone some stuff down. Like, 
remember, you know, when they remember when they used to announce the starting lineups, we'd all turn our backs, grab a newspaper or whatever, we turn our backs to them. They don't do that anymore. I don't think. Do they? I don't think they. It's not very Christian. I know. Yeah. You know. And, so, uh, so they had a little more control, started controlling a little bit what we could and couldn't do. And I remember in, I think it was 87, correct me if I'm wrong, where I think that the dean of students at the time would, would come and sit kind of at the edge and make sure we were saying things that might be a little more appropriate, <laughs> right? So 84, 85, 86? Completely un un uncontrolled. Unfiltered, unfiltered college students with a yes. pregame and had been amazing. I mean, parents used to come. People used to come to the game, sit across from us, and say, "That's the reason I come to the game." Honest. Because I, I love watching the students. I love watching what they're doing. They're just full of energy. I thought it was me, Bob. No, 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 no. No, no one was. No yeah, one's going to so. look at just magic. So. <laughs> there was one time where, when we had the the new. Um, Gosh, duh. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on our McCarthy Center. Anyway, the McCarthy Center, oh, yeah. when we opened it up, where Z and I and Mike Shields came back. And yes. Coach Hertz comes over to me and he says, Hey, guys, don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> and he sat us next to Julie McCullough. And she, at the time, I think was dean of students or you know, head of student activity. And uh, I said, Coach, no problem. We we got this. It's all all under control. We got to sit in the in the kennel, which was very cool for the three of us. And we got announced, you know, one of the timeouts, which was great. But I had this raw seat. It was the toilet seat that, as you raised it up, it would say raw, and you get the crowd going. So we go to the student section. Raw, 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 raw. And then I go to the adult section because they were never into the game back when we were at school. Yeah. And I get them going. So we finally had something to get them into it. And I go back and forth. And then I go chasing after the ref. Well, Tim O'Neill dared me to say, Magic, this is your time to get on ESPN if there was ever a time. Because ESPN was like one of the first times they were yeah. you know, filming at the game, right? So I'm out there. And they announced us, and I stayed out there as long as I could. The players came back on the court. Ronnie Turriaf's going in between. <laughs> I'm chasing the ref with my rock seat. <laughs> and O'Neill said, the, the, I didn't get on TV, but the, uh, the announcers stated that there's one of the original Kenners of, uh, co-founders of the Kennel Club on the court chasing around with a toilet seat, <laughs> chasing the refs around. Uh, so he at least called me back and said, hey, you did a great job. You got announced. But, that's See, why. Yeah. That's why there's more policies by the school, right? Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because okay. you know, and he doesn't know because as at, at that time I was I'm part of the university, part of the university yeah. and um, I was told make sure that no one get it, no one gets on the floor. It's an ES one of your best friends. Out there, just like <laughs> not public protocol. Oh, so that demo, that demo didn't get you know, yeah, no, it. it didn't. I, I said, this is a new era. This is not the old kennel where you can just run out on the floor anytime you want. Right. Well, that's where we we went to the kennel club party party, and the then president announced the three of us, and it was just it was great. To yeah. your point, it was like almost like oh, thank you so much. This is great. And so that was fun. So there's that thread again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, that was pretty cool. So you guys are all wearing Kennel Club attire. 
t-shirts. That was a big part of your acceptance into the club when it first started. It's become a, a big deal. A new shirt is brought out every single year and you have to be a member of the club to get a shirt. If you can somehow as an outsider get a, a shirt, like you treat that thing as gold. I remember that as, yes. as a player. Like I had to ask Stephen Cherney, the kennel club president at the time, is there any way I can get a couple of those? He had to like sneak them out of the office or whatever you know, at the time. For you guys to see the importance of the shirt in Spokane, how cool is that? Well, I still have the one from '86. Yeah. I should have bought it. But it it's it's and my daughter when she went there, she wore it. She was there like five years. She wore it. Chrissy got to wear the shirt. So you're not in that, well, that's the point. Of pride. It was so great, that's and people were like, "Where did you get that?" Yeah. yeah, it's like my dad. Well, the best is when we show up with these oh. shirts now at a, oh. at a ball game, particularly at an away game. Okay. It's the number of fans who come up and say, "Are you are you part of the original Kennel Club?" Remember what, the final four. Final you four. guys had you guys all had the shirts on. Yeah, that's right. And then like thirty people wanted to take this big group photo. We're kneeling down and again, pride thing to your point. To see the shirts just a little more controlled now, but yeah. still a new theme every year and just. And, it, and it's bigger it's in Spokane. I mean, it's, you know, to point, you go to the Final Four in Phoenix, and all of a sudden, now, now things are happening in Arizona. I mean, it's the fact that we've gone from small Spokane to now this national stage for all these cool. students today is super cool. When you look at the, what's at stake for the program now, I mean, they're playing for national titles, going to another Final Four. You guys started this in the mid-'80s. That first year Gonzaga made the NCAA tournament in 1995, I can imagine you guys all win. Did you think this was the pinnacle of the program to be in the NCAA tournament one time? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. For yes. Sure. They can't like, get any better than this. <laughs> so, uh, yes. One yes. I mean, did you guys all go? Not that one. No, I went the next one. Yeah, the next one. Yeah. So then let's fast forward to '99. Yeah, that they, was incredible. Especially when they won, because there wasn't an expectation. Yeah, '98 was a disappointing selection Sunday because they yep. were tremendous throughout the year. Yes. They beat some really good teams, but then they weren't selected as an at-large because they lost in the conference tournament. At that time, there was no way around it. You're not getting an at-large no. from WCC. No. So the next year they come out, as everybody knows the story, they know they have to take care of business. They get a draw in the NCAA tournament in Seattle, so it's close enough for people to come. Yep, we were there. You guys were all there. Yep. What was that moment of pride like oh, for each of these? Just unbelievable. I mean, just just to see them, it's the little train that could, right? Kept chugging up the hill, didn't make it, didn't make it, and now we did, and now we won. Now all of a sudden we're we're the Cinderella story. Oh. The best though is like, you know, the, the team started getting better. We started getting to the tournaments in 99 and 2000, but the kennel kept pace. Kept going. Right, which which I think is, yes. is yes. something that doesn't get talked about at all. The fact that while the, while the teams were winning, at a better clip, the kennel was too, right? Because those, those could have gone separate ways, but the kennel right. just kept meeting the expectations. Yeah, yeah, that's a good right, point. Which was awesome, and I think back then people didn't realize that. No, right? It's it's unfortunate that we can't get all the students that want to go to the game to the game. I mean, they got Tent City, they got to wait in line, they got to get they, the notice. They got to be on the Twitter the feed, right? Yeah, yeah. and right they got to run, run to different places I mean, across kind of campus. A, I mean, now, yeah. Now your daughter's a, a freshman at you. Is she, she part is. of the kennel club? Well, she was. She tried. Well, yes, yeah, she is a yeah, member okay. of the kennel yeah. club, but she wanted to be the class freshman class president. She was number two, unfortunately. Uh, 
so it broke my heart. <laughs> but she made. <laughs> she didn't again. teach her well enough, I guess. I, well, she she brought my Chuck E. Taylors, and she wore my Gonzaga baseball jacket. I mean, hey, I'm a proud, you know, student of father that was one of the founders, and that I guess kind of didn't. It, it didn't make sure to where yeah. she got to number two. Campbell does what she wants to do. She's she's great. Love you. So now now we're now we're in. I mean, second we're in second generation. Yeah, right, which we've all had kids. Which is really cool. Yes. Kid, you know, my kids have gone through it. I have a nephew there now. And it's yes. so fun to see the second generation. And I love telling them stories about how we got started. And they, some, some of the young kids, they don't, they have no idea. No yeah. They have no idea. Until you tell them, well, here are the things that we did. And I and I hope the good students there are like, oh, I, I need to take a note from Chris. You know, and that's why every freshman coming in should have to read the book. We are GU. That's a great We are GU. If they read the book, then they oh, understand. Yeah. I, you know, they would. Good call. Good plug, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're getting really good. <laughs> baseball <laughs> Teams Chapter 2. Baseball <laughs> Teams Chapter 2. So when you look at the impact that you guys have had on different games, is there a game or, or an experience with an opposing player that comes to mind? Because uh, you guys mentioned uh, Coach... Uh, Williams and Coach Gorjon, but I've been told of two other stories of, oh, you, of you opposing the players. Story. You tell That's the, the one story. I want to hear. I want to hear the Gary Payton story. So um, I think his name was Avery Avery Brundage. Yeah. So he had just come off. Uh, he just got out of jail recently. They come in. Payton was a freshman. So one of our uh, buddies, uh, John Hyland, we call him the Diva. He dressed up with jail gear. Bowling ball and chain. So when Avery was introduced, he <laughs> he ran out on the court. And we started yelling, "Jailbait, jailbait!" So there was a Sports Illustrated article. I don't know within six to eight months talking about this story because it was a pretty good story. He got out of jail and was still able to play basketball, but he mentioned his experience at guns. Yes, <laughs> and a little. It was a little side clip down that side. Well, there, so we're getting in Peyton's mug. You know, he was supposed to be this freshman superstar. And he's a pretty good trash talker. Oh, oh the guy can talk oh, trash. Oh, he's one of the best. Yes. Yes. Going off, going off. So then we go down and play, was it, we go down and play Oregon State? Is that where we were? Yeah. All of a sudden. For baseball. For baseball. Baseball. We're sitting in the dugout. There's this head that leans over the dugout and leans down like this and go, I'm here now, boys. <laughs> and he was just. Chirping like nobody's business. He wanted to let us know that, hey, you hey, got me. Karma. Karma. So Oregon State was a rare Pac-10 team at yeah. the time. At the time. came to Spokane, played Gonzaga in the Mark Center, you gave Gary Payton the business, got As a freshman. As a, as a freshman. freshman. Yes. And so he remembered that, oh, and yeah. he returned the favor when oh, the yeah. baseball team went yeah, down. Yeah, he found out. Bobby, is that right? Yeah. yeah. He found out, yeah, most guys in the kennel club were baseball players. And so he wanted to, like I said, karma. So you want to come back to One of the other great stories, tell this one, Magic, the, the Nick Vanos from Santa Clara story. Is that, that's, good, that's a good yeah. one in terms we, of we had, we had the Adams family uh, chat going too, but when Nick was a tall, gangly, 7'2 guy, really good player for Santa Clara, and when he came in, we knew we had to get in his kitchen because that's what we did. We found out about the other players or looked at them and said, hey, Herman Munster, let's do it. He gets to the free throw line and our whole section and the whole crowd gets into Herman Munster, Herman Munster. And that was Nick, too. He shoots an air ball. 
But the, the funny thing about the story is Nick was such a great player, went and played in Europe, then played for the Phoenix Suns. RIP, Nick, sorry we're talking about you. But he had had an article like in the Arizona Reporter about his experience playing in Europe for the Phoenix Suns and back in college. And the kennel club came up, the kennel, as the worst place to ever play in his lifetime. So that's pretty cool. That's a good shout out to the kennel club for making it miserable for him to come and play yeah. at our university. Well, I've heard from multiple players that their their most fun and their most miserable place to play at is Gonzaga because of exactly that. They love the environment because of the energy, but they also struggle because of the energy directed towards them. When you look at the growth of the school now, the basketball program's obviously grown. The school has grown immensely over the last 20 years. I would have to credit some of that to what you guys started because kids watching on TV see the Kennel Club. They want to be a part of that. Do you guys feel the same way that you have a small piece in, in being a bigger part of the university growing to what it is now? Yeah, I, think so. I think so. I think so. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's it certainly hasn't hurt because it's you know. <laughs> my kids have all gone there. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, my daughter went there, and she was part of the Kennel Club. Yeah, the same. I, I, so, think, yeah, I think one of the best things about the school is the school's raised its game in a number of areas. Right. Business school, engineering school, plug as a trustee. <laughs> uh, th those are amazing, as as are the athletic programs, not just men's basketball. No, women's basketball, basketball, baseball, everything. 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 Elevated, uh, but so it's great to talk to these young students who, are, who want to be a part of a fantastic community and the kennel that's what it is right the there. kennel the is is a part of the community yeah. right in addition to all the athletic and academic programs but i love the fact that we were a small piece of a, of a community to help make gu even better right. it's a small enough school where kids get to know kids here we are 30 plus years later still friends Still getting together for games. No, we're Go. We just know each other. We're not all friends. So. <laughs> but you know, we're golfing together. We go to the you know Gonzaga golf you know golf athletic tournament in September. We always go to the alumni games. Everything is centered around Gonzaga. It's the community feel and the friendships that we've built over the many years of. Gonzaga. Yeah. The best, the best is going to basketball games with these guys. Almost forty years later, yeah, we're, we're a little bit more well behaved now. Yeah. But the, but the, but the spirit is still there, yeah. right? Which forty years later, almost that's that's amazing, to, right? To be that, able to do it today. That was going to be my next question. So you guys were outgoing, energetic, towing the line when you guys were college students at games. How do you? Act at games now. <laughs> <Ooh. Sometimes, laughs> you, you, uh, we got to put the governor on magic a few yeah, times. To yeah. be clear, Bob, Greg, and, and Jeff well behaved. <laughs> so you get the. Uh, I get the award. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if he, if, he if, if Magic could have the raw seat tomorrow in the Moda Center for I round would, two, yeah. he yeah. would go out and spell gun, take it by himself yeah. on the court. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would. I mean, that's just the guy I am. I know. I know. I know. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm named Magic. Because of my what I do, easy. I go hard 110 percent every day of my life. Yeah, that's, that's me. Look, 
hey, I mean, Bowie gets his seats right behind the bench. I'm trying to high five the players. He's like, magic trick. Settle down. Yeah. Settle yeah. down, yeah. man. You can't be hitting they're, they're not tip over in the fourth tip off. I just wanted a high five. <laughs> we don't do that. Just like we, just like when you, we, we went to the Mariners game when Greg was coaching. Tomorrow, if you want to go down there and yell at Red's like, Jesus, magic, you want to put some cities on to come and sit by you? <laughs> They're my good friends. Come on. They always pull through your good friends, and that's one thing that I yes. as well about Gonzaga is, is it's a community that roots and pulls for each other. Um, you know, I felt that over the course of, of my NBA career when I had good times and struggles. I, teammates would stay in touch with me, former students would stay in touch, you know, encouraging me. You guys were there when John Stockton was just getting his NBA career going, and he was the first NBA player from Gonzaga, and it took a while for another one to get there. Now it's like every year you got two or three guys on the roster. When you saw John Stockton in college, did you imagine he was going to have the career that he had? And I know that's a difficult question. It, it, definitely, definitely you could tell he kind of had it. He was kind of the it guy on the court, but I didn't think I Personally, for me, I didn't know until he went to the Olympic tryouts and they'd come out with some chatter yeah. afterwards, even yeah. though, he, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. But, wow, he's making an impression. Giant, all Johnny. these big guys and these coaches are talking about this kid from Spokane, Washington. I, I was like, back to the crowd. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. We, we, some of us, a lot of baseball team guys, yeah. drove over to Seattle to watch his first mm -hmm. game. As the Jazz against the Supersonics, yeah. Yeah. that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Some of us on the way back had some issues, but um, everything worked out okay. Yeah, we're still here. And how about now? When you look at the program with the amount of NBA players that they have, one of the things that Coach Few I think does a great job of recruiting guys that fit. Yeah, I know it's a buzzword now. Culture. No. They yeah. fit the culture of Gonzaga. Yeah. They fit the culture of, like you said, Jalen Suggs comes back and wants to be a part of the Kennel Club. What's been so amazing for you guys to see that ascension of the program? Well, I mean, you know, and part of uh, what I do within the alumni office is I try to set up, you know, particular events all over the country. And one of them, uh, like right now, the Wizards are going to be playing, I think, at the end of March, uh, Florida. I, I can't remember who they're playing. But anyway, so we're going to have, like, we're going to wind up having three NBA players in that game. And so, we wanted to market a pregame event, you know, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I just talked to the guy before we got here, the uh, ticket guy for the Wizards. We already have 32 people that are going to the game just because we have three or, NBA players. Yeah, Rui and Pittsburgh, Rui and Suggs. It's yeah. good. That's who point. And good stuff. So he called me back and he goes, you got 32 people signed up already. We sent out one email to the Washington and D.C. area, and 32 people signed up, paid the ticket, and the, and what they're going to do is before the game, they then get to go down, and those guys are going to meet them. Uh, oh, you know, they're going to get Pittsburgh, Suggs, and Rui. They're all going to, you know, they're going to get photo shots or whatever. Good event. So, and we do that all. We did it for you. Yeah. We did it for you numerous times. Yeah, I remember that. I know with with what the former players did when Gonzaga made their first Final Four in Phoenix, they all went there. Right. Yes. It looks like Gonzaga is trending for another Final Four in New Orleans this year. I'm just going to throw this idea out there, and if it comes to fruition, we'd love to, to video it and have be a part of it. Gonzaga, we had a player reunion where we talked with all the current players at the time. What about a kennel club reunion in New Orleans where you guys get together with all the current kennel club members? 
be fabulous. Yeah, and I guarantee, you know, like Harrington, Twist, you know, Hogan, they're going to be there. You know, Shieldsy, we'll have to get them off the mountain in Coeur d'Alene or whatever and get them over there. We kind of did that in the first final four. We rented a huge house. Yeah, yeah, there was like we did that. 14 of us, all originals. We hung up all the different t-shirts on the fireplace. Wow. It was awesome. Why'd well, you say watch out? I mean, we if, if that happens, yeah. right? Could happen. We probably again. have to do it in a bar in New Orleans. Take over the French Quarter. Take over the French Quarter. We'll just have buoys shuttle people on the way back and forth. You know, pick you no, up. No, I think it'd be great. Yeah. I mean, just just to to we've talked about the fact that programs come so far, but the Kennel Club has come so far as well too. And not just the few of us are here. There's so many other people who. Yeah. Carried that tradition yes. forward. Very interesting. Past presidents, past founders who can't be with us today. That wouldn't that be a great way to help celebrate yeah. the the almost yeah. forty years yeah. of tradition? And, and, right? Yeah. And speaking of the students and how involved they are, like in Vegas, uh, we sold seven hundred student tickets. You know, there's entire schools that don't sell that much for their entire alumni population, like USF, BYU. They didn't have seven hundred people there. We sold seven hundred tickets to the game, so they made their Track down from Spokane for that. And I just want to mention one thing again. You mentioned the connection to the former players in the NBA. Uh, Beach was telling me a story earlier about he ran into some guys last night. I won't, I won't say, but well, I guess I would say the team. He ran into some Kentucky guys that were out here on business. Not for, not for the game, they were just out here on business last night. You were there right now. Yeah, yeah, I was so, there. So chime in. They're talking about Kentucky basketball. They're like, it's not fun anymore. Right? Right. And you ask that, what do you mean? What do you mean? We don't know the guys, they're not in the community. Basketball is like this in the school. And right there, and I'm not, that's not just the you know. Right. Community, back, I mean, they're not gonna come and hey, can I have some Kentucky grads come down, I'll be, meet yeah. them on the court. Right. No. It's cool. Yeah. And you it's look at a story of a, of a pretty storied program. Yeah. yeah. And you look at our community now and you see Timmy on billboards, Anton Watson <laughs> on billboards and commercials. And I mean, they're out there, they're doing service projects and they're so, doing all kinds of things within the community that, you know, and they're part of, I mean. Spokane yeah, gets behind Spokane. Yeah. Not just, you know, the basketball fan. Right. It's great. So as we wrap up this conversation with some of the, the Kennel Club OGs, as we like to call them, if I can ask each one of you what your favorite memory was of being a part of the Kennel Club then, and what your expectation is or your hope is for the Kennel Club moving forward. Wow. Um, I, I think the one that stands out the most is when we were, uh, and I can't remember what we did it to, but it's the baseball team did a halftime show. And we were all dressed in our uniforms. And I can't remember, we did it to a, wasn't we it, it to, um, Staying Alive or Saturday Night, or I don't Stripes. Know. A dance routine? A dance routine. Stripes. Right. Yes. Stripes. Good call. Yes. Good call. Okay. The movie Stripes. Okay. Good call. Okay. And that, it was just, you're looking up and it's like, that's, you know, because I've never performed in front of an audience oh, like that. You're not a dancer. I know. <laughs> and to look up and see everyone, you know, looking at us and laughing, and it was just, we had a great time. And we're in our baseball uniforms. Yeah. yeah, we're in full uniforms. Uh, we didn't have our cleats on, of course, uh, but that was, that was one that I remember. And How about a hope or an expectation? You know, that, that the students get involved like we did. I mean, obviously they can't, they're not gonna get on the floor and do some of the stuff that we were able to do, but they can get involved in other areas, and they do. I mean, if you look at their, with these rally towels, with the March Madness, um, you know, like Jimmy Fallon's uh, show and his, 
what he wants to do, if, if you look on our Instagram account, the students did, they got involved. I don't know if you've seen the, the dance routine that they did, Yes. but it was it was outstanding. And Campbell was, and there were hundreds of them. Yeah. How about so, you, Chris? For, <laughs> for the Kennel Club and for my comrades here, I mean, this is what it's about. This is what I love about it. Going back to those days, playing on the baseball team, two of the best years of my life going to school at Gonzaga. And then today, um, I'd have to say just everything about the program, how we've seen it growing up, and being able to, to be alive and come and hang with these guys and be able to, to continue that on and on and on. Because every year we try and come to the games and get together and that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Being that, with your yeah. buddies yeah. and having a great time. That's the community piece. Yeah. Uh, my, my hope for the current kennel, though, is I hope they continue to work the pre-game process like we did. Because it's a little different now, right? They, right? they let them in an hour and a half early. It's not, you know, they're well-behaved. We had way too much fun. Right. right? Yeah. In That's the part of the college life, right? Which That's was fun. exactly yeah. what it was for. And then I think going, going forward, uh, my, my hope for the kennel club is that they continue to stay creative. Because I think I think the stuff that the we bit. brought now they you know it's defense 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 the chance, but the chance that we brought are unlike anything else right. We made them personal, we made them fun, and so I, I would say hey let's keep them creative. You know that that would be my hope yeah. for for the future. How about a favorite memory? Oh favorite memory for me was the pregame, and I loved the fact that you know we would get together and work out our routines yeah. at the house. Yeah, we practice before. We practice. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, we take wow. a scouting report, well. and we would practice in the in the living room. We yeah. pull the couches out as we were spelling out Gonzaga on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that was going to be good segue. That was going to be kind of that was my great. We, 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 we were able to do the best we could with the two-minute timeout. Yes, and we, exactly. And, and we, we made that two minutes last, two minutes and two seconds till we were pushed off the court. If, if the basketball guys were getting it ready and putting in their work, yes, we had to put in our work, too. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we practiced it in the living room floor, because there yeah. was four of us that stopped all down. Yeah, six. Yeah. six. Oh, yeah, did you come fly? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, so for me, stay creative. Yes. That was my thing. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. So for me, it was just, I think we took advantage of the time we had, the, I would say the floor time we had, kind of like a guy coming off the bench in two minutes and you know, scoring six points, taking it. We, we took advantage of all the time we had. Um, going forward, the weeks, uh, you know, still my thunder, but same thing. Everything seems, I mean, they do a great job, it's scripted, but it, just get a little more creative on some, and I know it's administration yeah. in school, not, not on the line, but come up with some creative chance or different things, but man, see it grow. Unbelievable. And yeah, again, to absolutely. be here, proud. Yeah, super yeah. proud. 1988. Did you think we'd be sitting here right now? In 2022, no. doing this? No. no. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. Let's do, let's do it in New Orleans. Yeah. Can we do? Can we do a little uh, go Gonzaga? Yeah. Well, Jeff, Greg, Chris, Bob, thank you guys. It's been great to hear a little bit more of your guys' backstory. Uh, we appreciate it, Gonzaga Nation SI. Thanks you guys for sitting down with us and. Go ahead, take it away with Thank your you. What do you got? Well, first I, I got to do a little Jimmy Fallon. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you really, really want. Da, 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 no, but let's do a go Gonzaga. And let's uh, come out ready to play in the first half uh, on Saturday, huh? Absolutely. Here we go. go. Gonzaga. G-O-N-Z-A-G-A.
G-A-G-A, go! Gonzaga! G-O-N-T-A-G-A, go! Gonzaga! G-O-N-T-A-G-A, go! Kennel Club OGs. Great job. Awesome.